Hello and welcome to another of Political Yeti's Politics Podcasts. Uh, it was going to be a podcast in the pub this week, a little Easter special. Um, I went to the Royal Festival Hall in uh, in London's glittering South Bank where I met uh, John Walker from the Birmingham Post and Mail and Matt Withers, uh, newspaper impresario and podcaster extraordinaire. And we had a nice chat um, unfortunately the room the quiet room there was being used and a jazz band started up in the background while we were talking so the sound quality isn't brilliant and I've had to cut out the entire bit that the jazz band ruined so you miss our discussion about Brexit and some very entertaining tales about Albanian taxi drivers from Matt and myself uh, sorry about that but um, the rest of it is just about listenable. Uh, sound quality is not great, but it is listenable. And we pick it up with, uh, we were trying to sort of review where the parties are at uh, three months into the year. And uh, you pick it up when we're talking about the Tories. And Matt is discussing the Foreign Secretary. Here we go. Boris Johnson seems like an absolute spent force. Um, and Michael Gove well, seems to have decided just to claim and just get on with the job that he's been uh, given to do. Interesting choice of words there, he's a spent force, because of course Boris Johnson last night told the Russians, we've got lightsabers. Well, you might have Novichok, but we've got lightsabers, which frankly made him sound like a complete and utter mental, as far as I could see. I don't think it, it, it's bizarre to think that he was until fairly recently been talked of as the natural uh, successor to Theresa May when she'd fallen her sword, that he would be the person that the fell on her lightsaber. Fell on her lightsaber, indeed. Um, so I, I think she can go into a, a walking holiday in Wales feeling Just on that, both of you, um, if she came back from Wales and said, I'm going to have an election, <laughs> that wouldn't be a bad idea, would it? It would be, be a terrible idea. <laughs> She's got a lead in the polls. She's doing quite well. Well, that's what happened last time. Well, yeah, last time. They, they, they will learn from last year's mistakes. Well, you assume I mean, so. I appreciate it'd be a risk, but I don't think it'd be as big a risk. With hindsight, it'd be less of a risk this year than it was last year. Well, perhaps if she hadn't had the election last year, that she did. But voters would, would be sick and... But voters would punish her. They, they would just say no, they'd take it personally, being forced to go to the polls again. All right, well, let's move on to Labour, because would they? Because the Labour Party is in absolute chaos, mm-hmm. and those voters would have to go to the polls, like many did last year, and say, well, I really like Theresa May and her, her nonsense, but if I want Brexit, I've got to vote for it. Well, we should talk about the chaos in the Labour Party, and that, but, I mean, just to jump forward a little bit to the conclusion, don't forget how much chaos was, Labour was in last time. Yes. And people thought, yeah. in, in some ways it was even worse. I mean, the whole party, 90% of the MPs, whatever the precise figure was, had said they had no confidence in Jeremy Corbyn. Most of his uh, front benches had resigned. It seemed impossible that he could become Prime Minister. And so, however bad things are now, I'm not sure they're actually worse than, than they were. If you forget how bad they were before the last election. Here's a theory, right? Jeremy Corbyn is a buffoon he uh, has a very interesting choice in friends and allies however he is the right man at the right time that he has inoculated the UK against right wing populism 
by offering a radical alternative to you know boring he's gone on, he's gone on the BBC Mars show and claims that uh, immigration causes low wages he's insisted we need to have a, a hard Brexit and leave the uh, single market and end freedom of movement of course we don't need to do any of those things to stay in the EU I'm not sure how he's inoculated this against right wing politics at all say instead of him you've got Andy Burnham in one right I mean Andy Burnham jeez remember him <laughs> right and anybody who was a bit hacked off with the establishment if you want to call it that is never going to vote for Andy Burnham because he's rubbish as you well know John we used to have to deal with Andy Burnham and he is rubbish yes I hesitate to answer that alright <laughs> I'll, I'll answer it he is rubbish and um, these people would have had to find an outlet and it probably would have been UKIP right give them the choice between Andy Burnham and Theresa May the you know, the, the sort of broadly populist masses would have gone funneled into UKIP. UKIP. As it is, they can funnel through Corbyn. UKIP have only ever succeeded in winning one seat in a general election. But this is, I'm and saying it, if we'd had a, you know, we have Brexit, blah, 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 if we hadn't had Corbyn. I think the threat from UKIP, I mean, it's interesting that you, I mean, you seem to be saying that a lot of Corbynistas are people who might be UKIPers if Corbyn hadn't come along. I, I think they would object to that, but, um, I'm not saying you're wrong. No, <laughs> just think. Um, I, 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 there, there have always been extremes in British politics, but British public as a general doesn't go for those extremes. And even with Corbyn, the secret of his success, it seems to me, is this amazing ability to be a blank sheet of paper. People just. Yeah. He, he does actually have opinions and views, but people project their hopes and dreams yeah, onto him. And I think they would have done it to somebody else. If he hadn't been there, they would have projected them onto Paul Nuttles. Well, maybe really I'm not sure by that. <laughs> I don't know. There just might have been some other outlet. I just feel like I'm trying to find, put a positive spin on the Corbyn ascendancy. And maybe actually, like I say, he's the right man at the right time. No? Nothing in this? No. Or am I just talking nonsense? I don't. I, he's just rubbish. I, it'd be interesting were she to come back from a, a walk. Obviously, there's not going to be there's not going to be election. I, That's I, what we all said this time last year, man. I think they are they are in a different Labour are in a different position as to where they are they, where they were last year because they were absolutely shambolic uh, last year in terms of party management. Twelve months on, whatever you think of Corbyn's uh, of his, his, his worldview and his policies, it's his party now. It is absolutely a party made in his image. Mm. It's his people at every level now. You look at the NEC, you look at his press operations, you look at their their, 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 their new uh, uh, woman at General the top, Secretary. General Secretary, thank you. Uh, and he is now he's not having to manoeuvre around people yeah. uh, at the top of Labour who aren't uh, who aren't entirely with his own beliefs. Yeah. It's Jeremy Corbyn's boy now, and everybody else has to accept that. And it's interesting that you mentioned Andy Burnham because I was thinking about him the other day. For you. Um, what were you thinking about Andy Burnham? Well, there was an interview in the Times with uh, Nick Clegg, and he articulated something that I've been thinking about. I think he articulated it. It was one word that he used, actually. We talked about the Labour moderates, and he, des- he described them as mawkish. I thought, yes, that's it, because I, probably like you, as a journalist, I've been to Labour conferences, Andy Burnham stands up and he says, I love this party, and I love yeah. this movement, and it's, and it's very much an onion show. Nobody at a Tory conference ever stands up and talks about how much they love the party, or a Lib Dem mm. conference. 
And that's the problem with the moderates now in Labour. They are mortgaged. They, they, they can't walk out. Even that they know this is not their party. Liz Kendall, you know, it's not yeah. your Yvette Cooper, um, um, Hillary Benn. It's not your party anymore. But well, they'll, they'll never move because of this emotional attachment that they've got, which yeah. very few of the Western world parties have. I think memories of the SDP are also... How yep. long ago was it yep. still present? People tried it once, the moderates tried leaving, when in fact things were not half as bad today as they are from the point of view of the moderates. Um, they left, they formed a new party, it had some success, but ultimately it, it died. And Well, I mean, I wrote a column about this this week, totalpolitics.com, go and read it about how the split happens. And the moderates will not leave of their own accord um, because they like the job. Uh, because, as you say, they have this emotional attachment. Yeah. They regard it as family, even though the family is saying, we don't want you It's anymore. got... The game is up now. The game but feels absolutely up for them. They will leave only when they're deselected. When there's a, I have been told that when there is one deselection, that is when 150 of them... 150 of them will go out and campaign for that person to be re-elected as an independent Labour. Obviously, they will then get thrown out of the Labour Party because... You can't campaign for anybody other than the official candidate, yeah. and then you either have 150 by-elections or you have some sort of new party forming. Now, this theory was based on Wes Treating getting deselected. This week, John Woodcock has put himself in pole position to be deselected, and his seat is a very long way from London. Now, I'm not sure 150 of them would traipse up to a faraway place like Cumbria. To, no, to it, it get would be, themselves. It'd be very different if know, it was Chuck Ramuna, wouldn't it? You know, suicide by you have more. I call it. You know, yeah, yeah exactly. Or West Street and Ilford. You know, I, I suspect that one. I don't know if they'd do the same for Woodcock. It'd be interesting to see. Which is why I don't think Woodcock would resign from Parliament. He might just resign from the Labour Party. But you know, he says he hasn't made up his mind yet. We've got to to wait and see on that one. Um, you mentioned Nick Clegg and the Lib Dems. Should we talk about where they are this year? Oh, rubbish. They. I am. Um, yeah, I mean, they, they're they not worth the length of this sentence at the moment. <laughs> what is going on? You, you used to work for the Lib Dems, I spot a very long ago now. I, it was. Um, um, yes, uh, I, I did join a time in, in government. Um, they are not finding their voice. I think there's several... several what is going on, right? Well, there's got, several reasons. Got Vince Cable, he was supposed to be, you know, uh, a, a big name. He was going to get them back in the game. Yeah. Honestly. Well, I mean, just before we move on to, I believe that um, not all is happy within HQ. Um, so everybody's hearing yeah. now this week. It seems to be yeah, I, 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 I mean, I understand that pretty much anyone who who, who is anyone seems to have, uh, have moved on, and it's obviously always difficult. Even your the, fact, the fellow who replaced you. As I believe so. Even uh, what's his name, Dave, yeah. has finally left after years and years of having a very pleasant existence, being the, the Lib Dem Lord's press officer, a great man. Has um, finally been forced to leave. That's a pretty bad think, sign. But even he's been forced out. I think um, Vince Cable is finding it very difficult to get any culture, and it's a bit of a catch twenty two because of where they are. They don't get question time. They don't get mar. They don't get any questions. They they don't get clipped up for the for the six o'clock or the ten o'clock news. So that's very difficult to remind people that you're there. But yeah, I mean, you're right that Vince Cable was supposed to be there to win seats because he was the you know the respected elder statesman of British politics. I mean, Vince apparently doesn't bother going to PMQs. No, he does a waste of time. Well, and also but he's because... not doing anything else. That's the weird thing. We've got Ed Davey came back at the last election. I mean, he's, by all accounts, a very ambitious man. 
and, you know, former cabinet minister. Who even knew he was back in parliament? You know, you mentioned him. How's he been doing? What the hell? You know, what? There's... Oh, we've got the increase in their representation by 50% in the election from 8 to 12. What are they all doing? I mean, Joe Spinson's off freelancing as, as a feminist, which she seems to be enjoying. But I can the see the pros them. and cons of being there for PMQs. Um, you get a, a good question, and if you're Vince Cable, you might get clipped for the 10 o'clock. Or you can be Jim Farron, who would bob up and down for his two years tenure and will be pilloried mercilessly by both main parties. It's, it's fine if Cable is out on College Green, you know, doing a protest with a European flag up his arse yeah. or something, but he's not getting any attention, he's not doing anything else, he's not getting attention, he might as well be sitting there trying to get caught. People will groan when he gets caught because that's what they do. Just, I am utterly perplexed by I think, the, I think he objects, of the Lib Dems. I think he objects to the idea of having to bomb up and down and maybe being ignored by the Speaker and it's a bit humiliating, but most people don't see that. You know, the only time the average member of the public is ever going to see it is if he is called and possibly gets on the telly. Is he just too old to get up and down? He's got sore Well, knees. I don't know about it. I think with hindsight, maybe it's been a mistake for the Lib Dems to focus as much as they did on Europe. I mean, first of all, their the policy on, on the EU was actually kind of ambiguous. Although they were the only pro-Remain party, they were also a bit mealy mouthed about it and they kept on saying, well, they don't want a second referendum, even though they well, simultaneously... They said they but Vince said no, didn't he? And then he yeah. became leader and said, actually, we do want they, one. Yes, there's yeah. some confusion there. Yeah. They, keep, they keep on saying it's not a second referendum on Brexit, it's actually a referendum on the, the, deal. the final deal. But what does that mean? But, I mean, you could, with Labour being in the state it's in, and it would be a hard task try and position the Lib Dems as a party which is uh, taking part in sensible centre-left yeah. campaigning on the NHS, the police, transport, education. While Labour are going through all this, they're busy saying, let's help our teachers, let's help our schools. Well, this is it. We were talking about Labour moderates. Well, there's a moderate party sitting there waiting to, to swallow them up. But nobody's talking about joining the Lib Dems because they're just doing nothing. I'm yeah. utterly confused. Um, I mentioned Vince Cable's too old to get up and down. Um, this is quite torturous, but we'll get there. Um, there's a column I haven't written yet, probably shouldn't say what it is in case somebody steals my idea, about how our leaders are all really old because politics these days is not a job for the young slash middle-aged. And this leads on to the next party, the SNP, who have an issue with their deputy leadership contest, right? The SNP are trying to find a depute, as they call them, deputy leader, to replace... The, they've had... Four and four years. They've had Nicola Sturgeon, you might have heard of her. She was replaced by Stuart Hosey, you might have heard of him for one reason or another. Mm. He was replaced by Angus Robertson, again, you might have heard of him. There's now a vacancy for somebody to take over from these three. And nobody seems to want it. Now, this is partly because people like Kirsty Blackman and Stephen Gethins have young families. In the Lib Dems, Joe Swinson was the obvious choice perhaps to take over as leader last summer. She stepped away. I understand there's a number of reasons for that, but one of them was surely that she wasn't pregnant at the time but was planning to get pregnant and is now pregnant. Um, is there... First of all, well, let's let's deal with the SNP. I know this is always difficult because you two have no interest in the SNP whatsoever because you're racist against Scottish people. Um, but, I mean, the SNP are achieving very little at the moment as well, first of all. We'd agree on that. Uh, I mean, it's difficult... Difficult to comment on that. I mean, I've just got a, a query actually, because um, you know, listening to your podcast, you ask every SNP person, "Come on, you know, are you going to run? Are you going to run?" Yeah. Is it? Is it? 
does it have any powers or is it you know like the US vice president famously said it's not worth a pot to you know whatever it is yeah. I mean it's not it's a job that you can make of it what you will um, you know it's kind of an organisation job and yet you look at the previous incumbents you had Nicola who is now first minister who stepped up to become first minister Stuart Hosey who used to have the treasury brief and used to frighten the living delegates out of chancellors every budget he was replaced by Angus Robertson who used to frighten the living delegates out of prime ministers you know these are big characters who were very much in the party hierarchy if any of these people stepped up to become deputy leader they could conceivably carve out a niche as leader in waiting because there's no obvi- other obvious candidate to replace Nicola Sturgeon at the moment it's there for the taking and yet everyone's running away from it is that because politics is now a game for the old or the childless why would it be more a game for them now than, than in the past though? I mean because in the past it was a game for men who had no interest in their own children these days families are different you've got far more women in parliament and you've got far more men who actually take parenting seriously mm. as a man who's got a book out later this year about men parenting it's called Dads Don't Babysit it's out on the 31st of October um, yeah is there something to that or you I mean you're both looking like I'm just talking at the top of my head I've not or is this just not something you haven't thought I've about not before thought really and I'm thought. way ahead of you yeah you're clearly <laughs> ahead of the uh, ahead of the curve I don't think I'd, I'd thought of it in those terms before of course but this I mean, leaves the field open for Grandula Reina who is young Mm, and but yes, has got her, yeah. her child-bearing years out of the way early. Is that is there something to be said for that? I don't know. I, I wonder if it's, it's less than just the whole being a, uh, the appeal of, of a deputy leader's job in, in any part. <laughs> I mean, is there any? Right. Is there any leader then? Look at the leaders of the any, parties. Just just is there any more pathetic sight in politics than Tom Watson going to sit on interview oh, couches, no, right. to, pretending that he's got any influence on his party? Yeah, look at the leaders. You've got Theresa May, who's knocking on Vince Cable, who is like basically a fossil, and Jeremy Corbyn, who is similarly fossilised. Yeah, I mean, is that just coincidence? Or, um, it could no, have been a Vic Cooper or Andy Burnham. Uh, yeah, but that was down to Labour voters, not because they didn't want to... Yeah. Yeah. Is, it, is it just coincidence? I think you're, you're getting correlation and causation slightly maybe, mixed up. Maybe. I think it's just the way that the cards have fell this time. I'm, I'm, I might be wrong, but it could have been very different. I well, mean, basically, Jeremy Corbyn only ran for the Labour because it was his turn. You know, it could have, it could have been a, you know, some... A, 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 well, it could be John McDonnell or Diane Abbott, both of whom are ancient as well. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's just because I guess lefties are all ancient because that's how the party kind of... Yeah, although next time round they will be. No. The next time round, Laura Pidcock. Oh, yeah. don't start yeah. with Laura Pidcock. Yeah. Richard Bergen. Yeah, oh, it could be Richard Bergen. It could not be. Because he's I don't think it's going to be John McDonnell. It's Grandula. It's Grandula Rayner all the way. I'm not sure from, from what you hear is uh, she's in the dear leader's inner circle anymore. No, but she's close enough. She's uh, got, she's, she falls between the stools. Well, all right, there we go. Let's lead us on to the next. Uh, we'll finish off with a sort of prediction for the rest of the year. What is going to be the big thing that nobody's seen coming yet? I'll suggest that Grandula becomes Labour leader within the next 12 months. Are you allowed to call it Grandula? That's, that's what she calls herself. A little bit. Oh, does she? Yeah. But are you allowed to say it? I don't know, but that's what she calls herself. Oh, what's going to happen in the next 12 months? No, what's going to blindside us? All right, it's, here's an absolute swerve ball. Mm. Um, and this, this relates to Labour. Uh, during a particularly difficult period for the leadership, and comments made 
by the former Prime Minister, they concoct a way to justifiably throw Tony Blair out of the Labour Party. Ooh! Oh! oh. You had me to the... I was like, they're going to concoct a way to bring Tony back <laughs> and make him leader again. Oh, throw him out! No! I, I, I'm not oh. saying it's going to happen. It's a good show. It's but I'm saying show. it's just about believable. He, well, he's, he was again. He was talking to the UK to changing Europe event today. I would not be drawn on whether a Corbyn government would be a good thing or not. Well, I, I mean, mean you know, he's I, a, I know he's, he's said stuff like that before, but there's a way to eventually throw it. If he, if he does say something about a Corbyn government being a bad thing, there's a way to get rid of him. John, what's your prediction? A prediction of something that occurred for. Wow, just what's yeah, what's going to happen this year that we're not nobody else has spotted coming down the road. Oh. Maybe, I think a Lib Dem leadership challenge. I think people might turn around and say, well, actually, Vince is not doing the business, and we can do better, and they'd be right to say that too. And if you wanted, uh, obviously, Joe Spencer's about to go off on maternity leave, so if you wanted to try and bypass Joe, who appears to be the, the leader in waiting, this year would be a good time to do it while she's, yes, out, while she's out of the picture. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Watch out for Layla Moran with her sharpened stiletto. I think if... Um, if the Lib Dems lost Sutton to no overall control, which is quite possible, yeah. uh, I think questions would be asked. I just, I, I'm, Lady Moran is, a, is an interesting shout, but not yet. No, but uh, there's nobody else. No, that's, that's the whole no, problem. You're, yeah, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, she's the only one who's shown any spark. Imagine if they had Cleggers now, Nick Clegg. And imagine they if do. He, yes, they did. And imagine if, as leader, and he had not been Deputy Prime Minister, so he wasn't tainted by that. I know, I know, it's a bit of what if, a bit yeah. of what if. Or if they had somebody like Nick Craig as leader, I think oh. they'd be doing really well. That's, that's nonsense, because, uh, yeah, there's too many ifs in there. It's a whole kind imagine of, if we had a Macron thing. All right, OK, and then we can just imagine if the Lib Dems had a decent leader. But, I mean, if, if the Clegg was still leader, he would not have gone into coalition with the Tories. The Tories would have had a minority government. You would have a Clegg Miliband government at some point oh wow and you know anyway uh, you can't have a Macron style uh, on March in this country and you can find out next week why that is by tuning into the UK and a changing Europe have podcast. you got Macron no we've got John Curtis oh and he knows everything he's kind of a British Macron he well I've said before if only he would take charge of things I'm sure Brexit would turn out just lovely but um, that's for next week tune in for that uh, John Curtis and a comedian what a great lineup that is um for now, I will say thank you to the jazz band. I don't really mean that. <laughs> Flipping Bexley Music Society. Start off back to Bexley. This is central London. Uh, I, I will say thank you to Matt and thank you to John for coming on this podcast. Uh, next week, yes, UKA Changing Europe podcast next week. Two weeks' time. Uh, we might all reconvene in the pub uh, unless I can find an MP who's willing to be interviewed by my children. If you are an MP, you're in London in two weeks' time and you want to be interviewed by my children, get in touch. Otherwise, um, you can get me on uh, at Political Yeti on Twitter or politicalyeti at gmail.com on the email. Uh, otherwise, come back in uh, yeah two weeks for another of Political Yeti's Politics Podcast. Thank you.